What's up, soccer players? Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your co-host, Andy, our main man, Sebastian. Sebastian, what's going on, man? Doing well, Andy. What's up? I am um, ready for the weekend of another another round of soccer matches. Um, last weekend was kind of wild. I'm happy that all the all the games were back. I was I was busy. I think I watched like six games, so I spent like 12 hours just watching soccer over the weekend. <laughs> six games. Man, I haven't watched six games in a, in a while on weekend. That's that's a lot. Do you okay? Do you ever feel like it's too much? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Every time. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I just want to be like a reporter or like a journalist, so it could be my job, and I can be like, this is why I'm doing it. But uh, doing that on top of that, on top of having a whole career, I'm like, yeah, this is too much. I should probably slow down. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, that's a part-time job. Six games, that's 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's a quarter of a <laughs> of a week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, life is good, though. You know, living life in New Jersey, the weather's starting to cool down just a little bit. I'm nice. sure it's the exact opposite for you down in the ATL. You probably hit the halfway mark on summer. Just about. Uh, it's still super hot. We get, like... We're getting the classic one storm every day, like 3 p.m. You hear you hear the rain like on your roof all the time. Mm. Um, but funny enough, I started joining in on practice with all my soccer players in the last couple of weeks. I'm out of shape, man. And on top of that, I started getting some back pain this week, and I was like, this is 30. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's going on, man? Welcome to, uh, yeah, welcome to the aging process. Yeah, right. But it's been a good time. I'm happy to be back out on the field. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, today, interesting topic, as always. Why don't you start us off as to, you know, what this topic is and why, you know, we're going into it today. Where'd you hear about this? Yeah, for sure. So um, every time I'm, every day I drive into work, I'm listening to podcasts and one of the ones on um, the Total Soccer Show, one of the guys speaking on there, his name is Joe Larry. He's been talking about how he really wants all of the a lot of these quote-unquote injury-prone U.S. men's national team players like Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams. Like He would rather them sit on the bench and rest as much as possible, especially Pulisic. He wants them to just not even play that much for Chelsea because he wants them to stay healthy and be there for the World Cup rather than pick up a nagging hamstring, quad, calf injury. And I, I have thoughts because i don't know if i would rather him not play and then like not be match fit going into the world cup and you know not be informed um, but i also understand the risk of injury so i don't know before i even get into my own opinions too deeply what do you think well i, I think there's a lot here um mm-hmm. there there's actually a ton the I, I think the most important thing for everybody to understand is that the number one thing you need going into any season or any tournament is proper fitness. And that doesn't mean just showing up healthy. Um, healthy in terms of not having any hamstring or, or growing things going on. But um, what you really, really need is fitness from matches because the general public may or may not realize that any match that you play in is your biggest dose of fitness for the entire week. And if you're consistently out of matches, that means you're not getting that consistent load into you, which means that you're not going to be 
as match fit as you would be if you had played in those matches. So it's it's not like the, I don't know, I, I think a good comparison people often draw to is the NBA. Because players there, you know, sometimes they take days off for load management, yada, 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 82 games. If that is the case, then yeah, 82 games, that's a lot. You can skip one or two and you'll you'll be okay because you're playing three times in that week. But if you're only playing once a week or maybe twice a week and you're only playing in half those matches, so maybe you're playing every other week for maybe 60 minutes, that's just not enough to keep you fit. Um, but I, I also have a lot more that we can get deeper in on as well. Yeah, so I agree with I agree with everything you just said. And I'd like to even double down on that. You need to have some level of match fitness, especially if you're going to go from playing 20 minutes every weekend, maybe every other weekend, because he comes in as a sub because Tuchel doesn't trust him. You're going to go from that to playing like every three or four days at the World Cup. And if he's the U.S.'s best player, one of the best players, he's going to be expected to play 90 minutes against top-level opposition we're playing against England and against Wales, two teams that are going to be defensively tough to beat, very physical teams. So if you go from only playing 20 minutes to that, I think that would increase the risk of injury more than trying to get consistent minutes at Chelsea or any other team. Yeah, and it's it's tough because it, it's not just the the starters that need to have that mentality too because if you look at the way the calendar is set up, this World Cup has the shortest national team prep period beforehand. I believe it's no longer than two weeks, possibly just one week. Some of them, some of them are literally seven days. Yeah, yeah. Especially and, like if you're uh, the dudes like playing in the Premier League, and then like if if any of them are from Ecuador, like Moises Caicedo from uh, Brighton, if he goes from from Brighton to then playing first game of the World Cup, literally the first day, he's gonna have seven days. Yeah. Um, and these World Cup squads, I think this year they're between 23 and 26 players. And if you think of any starting 11 for any national team, really, you probably have their managers in their mind have, of the 11 starters, probably nine that are like, you know what, these I'm definitely starting with these nine. That leaves maybe two or so. Um, so if you have a squad of, let's say, 26 and nine are guaranteed starters, then that leaves 17 are fighting for a spot which means in those seven days beforehand they're going to be going crazy on the training ground because it is a a starting spot for world cup uh, world cup finals really like this could be the peak of their career so just imagine playing 20 30 minutes every single week flying halfway across the world god knows what the time difference is for some of these guys and going ham and training for seven days and then going into straight into the biggest tournament of your life, where literally every game is do or die, and you have a game every four or five days, that is that is brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're not if you're not rolling coming into the World Cup, then could you be there? Yeah. Will you be productive? No. Are you going to help your team win games? Probably not. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And then it kind of um, it's it's been interesting to watch from like the u.s men's national team perspective over the last couple of years especially at the goalkeeper position we have zach stefan where he was the backup at man city for a few years now he's 
for now he's the starter at Middlesbrough. And now Matt Turner, who was the starter for the Reds, now he's at Arsenal as the backup. And Matt Turner kind of earned a starting spot, and a lot of people prefer him over Zach Steffen right now. Um, but now he's not getting playing time. So what are like, what's he going to look like in training and going into games then? And then how is Greg Berhalter going to decide? Oh, this is my starter for the tournament. Yeah, it's a it's a big seven days. Big seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to to consider is these players that have played so many games the last two, three years, um, typically there, there's a sharp rise in injuries for any team right at the beginning of preseason. Um, and then especially for Premier League, as you get into the boxes, they kind of fixture list. Um, these players, they're going to, I mean, they, they are going to push in certain directions. Some of them are going to want to play every single week. Some of them know that, okay, yeah, like, my club career is good, and I enjoy it, but I really want to focus on the World Cup. Um, maybe, you know, it's best for these players to to communicate that at the start of the season because the last thing you need is a, is a hesitant player. Um, so a good example, I know when uh, Real Madrid were, were thinking about bringing Ronaldo back for this season, I was like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, we can talk to him and Kareem. They both want to play in the World Cup. Maybe we can come to agreement every other game that'll keep them fit enough because we have a lot of games and whatnot, and we need a second number nine. Um, it, whatever conversation that needs to happen between the player and the club, they should have happened already. And if not, they need to happen very quickly before the window closes. <laughs> but uh, it's it's important because if you have one striker, for instance, and you know that striker also starts for the national team, and he's going to play every single game. He needs to agree with that, too, because if he wants to also compete in the World Cup, that is a lot of games. But on the other hand, maybe he needs all those games to make sure that he's able to play seven games in a row at the World Cup. So it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And at the end of the day, these guys have access to like the best of the best as far as sports science go, as far as like sports medicine professionals. Players, especially on like the U.S. team, like they, they can communicate with both their club team. Like Gio Reyna, he's at Dortmund. He can communicate with and work with his uh, physios and the whole sports medicine team there to get healthy. Like he's he's a good player. He's a good example of. Do you really want his first game time to be at the World Cup in like a hugely important match, or do you want him to get some runouts? Do you want him to start getting some playing time in the Bundesliga before he's at the World Cup? Because I sure yeah. would not want him getting his first game right there at the World Cup. That that's a that's a really good point. And um, for some players, it could be the exact opposite, right? Like some players, you're like, no, I I know that person is is good to go. You know, they just rolled their ankle; they'll be out a week. Like, just let them rest because yep. it'll be better if they come to the national team fully fit and healthy. Versus other ones, it's like. We, we need to play. We need to get some minutes because the limiting factor behind you not playing more is going to be fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like also for some for some of these guys, it's got to be just full send on some point, right? It has to be, you know what? Especially those two, three weeks before the tournament, I, j- I just have to play at 100% intensity because I have to. Like the World Cup is in two, three weeks. And if I get injured, then I get injured. Right, it's not a it's not a sport that goes without risk. So trying to play without risk is not gonna 
work out for you, especially at a competitive level. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, these guys are, especially for our team, like the U.S. team, these guys are 21, 22. Pulisic is going to be 24 at the World Cup. They're still young. They, they need to play. They need to keep improving. They're not a Benzema who's a 33, 34-year-old veteran who, like, he can pull up and be like, all right, I'm just going to do my thing today. I've been doing this for 20 years. Like, no, these guys are young, and they need more and more practice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, we'll take a quick break, but when we come back, a lot of fun topics. We're talking about Casemiro, Christian Pulisic, Newcastle City, uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool, and more. So don't go anywhere. VTruve is a reliable, affordable, and easy-to-use velocity-based training system that allows sports medicine staff to monitor and evaluate an athlete's performance in the gym. There are so many scientific papers supporting velocity-based training, showing how athletes can get stronger, more powerful, and reduce their injury risk. Most of all, it's one of the best ways to maximize athlete intent during a fitness or rehab session. Check out the link in the description to learn more about VTruve today. The Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast is an official partner of Concussion Corner Academy, a 12-week program designed for the working healthcare professional looking for top-notch educational content in the concussion sector. So if your rehab provider wants to learn more about concussion evaluation and treatment, check out the link in our show notes. All we ask is if you like what you see and want to enroll, use our affiliate link in the description to help support the show. Okay, we are back, and we got a whole fo- whole host of uh, fun topics here. Um, let's start with one that kind of just, at least for me, kind of came out of nowhere. I woke up yesterday, looked at my phone, and I saw some rumor of Casemiro maybe going to Manchester United. I thought, huh, that's a, a bit odd, but uh, by the time I got home later at night, it was pretty much almost a, a done deal. Um What's your thoughts? What do you think here? Um, Casemiro to Man U. What a... Caught me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, I I think it's a good move. I think it, it's fine for both parties, right? So Man U will be happy to bring in just essentially a midfield anchor. He's good on the ball. He is worth three or four yellow cards in the game because he won't get the first two or three. Yeah, he, he won't get any. <laughs> until it's a, a red then a, you'll get a yellow he's a great defender he's he's good when he's like uh good at breaking the press he can hold on to the ball as needed and then he's going to protect that back line and that that's what they need right now especially if they're going to keep playing harry Maguire at, at the center back position they need someone to help protect the back line overall and i think he's the right man for it and i don't think his level will necessarily drop off going to manu he's going to be continue being up against top opposition in the world he's going to still be ready to go play in the World Cup for Brazil. Um, he already competes against Fabinho, so if anything, they'll be in the same league now. And at the same time, he I, I don't think he liked Real Madrid bringing in Chouamini for, I forget if it was 80 or 100 million euro. I don't think he liked his replacement being brought in while he's right there still in his prime. So I think I think it's a good move all around. I think it... For me, as a Barcelona fan, by all means, please, go to the Premier League. I'm happy you're not around Madrid anymore. <laughs> what are your That's, thoughts? Oh, my first thought is it is so clear that Real Madrid won this trade already, or purchase agreement, I guess. Um, the guy's 30, which means he has no resale value. 
Um, and I'm assuming Madrid's going to get north of at least 40, 50 for him. He's I think they gave him 60 or something. Six, they got 60 for a 30-year-old. Yeah. Man. So they traded away Casemiro and got Chuameni for how much was Chuameni? Like 80? 80 or 100. I forget off the top of my head. Man, they're good. They're good. Yeah, it's annoying. They're good. It, it is frustrating in that regard. They, the rich continue getting richer. They, they find a way to keep making money off these guys that, um, for, for whatever reason, teams are like, oh, yeah, I want that guy. He's, he's looking a little on the wrong side of 30, but we'll, we'll pay for him. And here's the crazy part, right? United have needed a six since... Sir Alex Ferguson retired. Not like, not like a six like Fred or like a, like a, you know, like a actual six like I will break you. Like a destroyer, yeah. It destroy like an absolute destroyer, and they've needed one for over ten years, and they finally decide to get one. But he's thirty years old. In three years, he's going to decline, and he has no resale value. I, I, I don't like the whole. Their whole window has been puzzling for me. Like. Uh, Ten Hag comes in, supposedly meets with Ronaldo. They come to an agreement, whatever. Ronaldo doesn't show up to camp. They're linked with all these weird aging strikers and are going to do what Ten Hag asked anyway. Um, then you hear this thing about Casemiro, and you're like, wait, is there any... There's no strategy here. This is This is a panic buy. You did not go through the entire summer. Real Madrid have been set. Right, they they've been they've been chilling in the transfer market. They they completed their business a long time ago, but now you know you you have your first few games. You absolutely wet the bed, and you're it's it's a panic buy. Is it a necessary one? Yeah, but it's a panic buy, and I don't know. Their their lack of having a sporting director is very visible. Like what do what do these players have in common? You know what? I don't see it. I don't see it. I think, I think we could probably have a whole series. We could probably have five to ten podcasts talking just about Man U and how they've been doing an awful job of avoiding a rebuild and now having to do a rebuild and going through about it through it totally incorrectly. Because um, I agree, this is definitely a panic buy. I think, I think it's a panic buy that will make them a much better team because he's still a top level player. And I think he'll continue to be a top-level player for the next few years, which might be all they need. At the end of the day, they make so many, so much money on profits that they'll be okay financially. But yeah, like how, like what is the structure with this team? <clears throat> People last week were saying that um, Martinez, their new center back, like oh, they're going to move him to CDM because clearly him being a five-nine center back in the Premier League isn't working out. And now we go forward four days. And they're paying $60 million for a 30-year-old. And that means Martinez is still going to be playing at center back. And Varane, World Cup winning center back, is still going to be on the bench probably for Harry Maguire, who... I don't, I don't hate Harry Maguire. Like, I, I see all the jokes. I see all the memes. And, like, yes, he could be a much better player. He should be a much better player for what they paid for him. Um, and he's not doing a good job. Um, and Varane should definitely be starting over him. It's just... It's just chaos in that team. Like, what? what is the plan? Maybe they'll improve with this because Casemiro and Fred do play together for Brazil, and Fred plays well for Brazil. And so Casemiro can allow Fred to do more Fred-like things going forward. 
so he doesn't have to think about defensive responsibilities as much. And so I think there's potential there for some improvement. There's potential there to see Fred excel a little bit more and kind of you bring one player to lift up to the level and it'll help everybody else out. Mm -hmm. So I could see it working out. I don't think it makes them by any means any type of title contender. Maybe it pushes them a little bit closer to trying to get top four. But I also, and we'll see, I don't think it's a bold take at this point because they lost the first two games. But since this this next game is against Liverpool, I also totally can see them pulling an Arsenal and losing the first three games of the season and being in last place like last year. Yeah, it's it's not. I I, I think it honestly, oh, and the only reason that that would be an acceptable answer for me as to why he's there right now is we think he'll help us finish top four, and we need that money. Yeah, that's, well, that's the yeah. only. It's, I don't think that's enough, but yeah, um, it's it is. It's bizarre. I don't know, Th- man. Thankfully, they're not in a Barcelona situation where they're hemorrhaging money all the time. Um, their owners, we can talk about that a lot too. People don't like them, and we'll see what happens with that. But I think financially they'll be okay. I think. I, I mean, I do think they'll raise the level. We'll, we'll see what happens. They still have to make. They still have to make moves. Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo still either has to leave or stay, and it's leaning towards leaving. But then they're saying like, "Oh, we'll we'll let you leave if you find a club," and he can't find a club to go to. No. Uh, that like fits what he wants, so it's it's just chaos in that team. I think it all got messed up as soon as they resigned Ronaldo last year, mm-hmm. um, just because it just changes the dynamic of your team so much. Having a player that demands so much attention and so much of the ball and doesn't do all that defensive work, but again, we could talk about that all day. I just think Man U overall on the sporting side and decision making side from like the the top staff they are not making good good decisions long term and they need to continue changing the front office until they finally get some type of continuity yeah yeah um pulisic potential alone maybe manchester united maybe newcastle what do you what do you think i think that kind of brings us back to our first topic of the day do we want him getting playing time do we want him to sit, sit the bench at chelsea um, part, part of the reason why I would be okay with either of those moves is Chelsea plays like their 3-4-2-1 formation. So like there's real no there's no real winger, which is like what he wants to play. He, he wants to play a winger on the left side, maybe right side, and he wants to be wide. Chelsea doesn't have that position. It literally doesn't exist for them. And so at Newcastle, he could get more playing time. He'd be going up against Allen and St. Maximan, which would be interesting. Um, similar players. I think they could both play, just one of them would have to go out to the right side. But it's also Newcastle, um, and like, would that be seen as a move down? Would that be seen as a negative move for his career? And then the loan to Man U, it, I've been reading that it's it's likely not going to happen just because Todd Bowley and doesn't really want to loan a player out to like a top six rival, mm. which makes sense to me. Um, I think it'd be good for him to go to either of those teams on loan or another team where he's going to play. The other thing is Juventus too. He's um, mm. uh, linked with them quite a bit, and I think that could be interesting. But it's the Italian league is different, like pace. It's just different speed to the, to that league. I'm not saying it's bad. They just play a different way. So it would be an interesting move for him. I think it could be good. I think he can get some more experience, learn more about the tactical side of things there. But at the end of the day, I personally, I just want him to play. Mm. I, I I agree. Um, wherever he can play and be happy, you know, play 
play at his best form. You know, that way when coming to the World Cup, he's 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 healthy physically, but like just like feeling it, you know, feeling in form. And I mean, even if he not, then he he's the type of player that will show up and just like turn it on for the national team. Just like yeah. go. And uh talk about going full send, he's definitely someone that that would do that for the, the men's national team for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see him and McKinney playing together. That'd be nice. Okay, so we'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, nice. Moving on, though, we got some fun games happening this weekend. Uh, first one we wanted to talk about is Newcastle against City, um, in addition to the Oil Classicos of the world. Any thoughts going into this match? Oh, my my first thought is I, I am in love with Brandon Aronson. Um, I want to see him, man, running at that back line of Manchester City. Um, wow, yeah, he, he, he goes with so much pace. Uh, not just pace, but, like, intensity. Like, I, I would not want to be pressed by him at all. And we'll see how he does against City's, uh, City's building out from the back and everything like that. If there's a player that can break that, maybe it's him. I'm excited. Yeah, I think... Um, well, you said Brendan Aronson. He, he's on oh, Leeds. Oh, yeah, no, it's Leeds. But, it's but Leeds. everything, yeah, everything you just said, though, applies to uh, Alan St. Maximin and maybe yeah. even Miguel Almiron, former former Atlanta United great. <laughs> um, this is true. Let, let, let's pivot real quick. Let's talk about Leeds-Chelsea, though. What you just said about Brendan Aronson is accurate. I would never want that man pressing me. That man would come at me, and like, there's nothing I could do on the ball that would, like, get him off. You know, you have to get rid of the ball and just make him chase, 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 and he'll never stop. And I love that about him. He's also good on the ball. He's exciting to watch. He's been, I think he has the most pressures in the Premier League so far this season, which is for the way Leeds want to play, um, the way they want to attack and defend and just be vertical, kind of like that similar Red Bull system. I, I think he's a perfect fit for that. And having Tyler Adams on that team as well, I think it's a lot of fun to watch as like U.S. fans. Yeah, yeah. And I think that their play style, it's 50-50 for me. I think it sets them up both to succeed against Chelsea because they're going to press those center backs a lot. But Thiago Silva is so good on the ball and so intelligent that I am definitely afraid that it can backfire and a mm. center back like that can find those diagonal balls up the field to totally oppose that press. And at that point, they need to rely on the fact that Chelsea struggles at finishing <laughs> um, to maybe get one or two goals, and then hopefully they keep Chelsea out of the score sheet. That that is true. Um, that that is very true. I I think it could be a a match where you know I feel like especially last year with Leeds, it was either they were going one way or they were going the other. Right? It was early on in the season they were killing it goals wise, and then later on they kind of got killed in reverse. Um, maybe this could be Chelsea's breakout game. Um, who, who do you think is going to be scoring the bulk of the goals for Chelsea this year? I mean, I, I love Havertz as a player. I think he's quality, but I don't see him putting in 30, 30 goals. I mean, I don't really see Mason Mount has the capability to, I think, to put in 20 or so. I don't think he will. Um, I think who's going to score for them? You think? I think they, they're like relying on all three of those dudes. Um, Havertz, Mason Mount, and uh, Raheem Sterling, like each getting 15 to 20. I think that's what they want. I think that's the only route for success for them because I don't really see any of them getting like anywhere between over, over 30, 20, I mean. 
over 30 would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I think it has to be kind of like goal scored by like, what's it called? Like just as a group, they all have to kind of spread it around unless they bring in another striker or if they decide to give like Ar- Ar- Armando Broja the actual playing time mm. um, to get in as a striker because he wants to go out on loan and get playing time, but then Thomas Tuchel likes him, but then he's not starting him. So it's kind of a tough situation for that guy. Yeah, that, I don't. That yeah, I don't really love having Kai Havertz as like your quote unquote striker. I think he can do it. He can do everything a striker needs, but I think he's more of a creative player, and he could really benefit from having an actual striker and him playing just off the back of him. Mm. But that's not their playing style, so that's probably never going to happen. Mm-hmm. So goals are going to have to come from any of those top three guys, and they they don't have Rudiger anymore to score those rockets from the midfield. So that's true. Um, that's true. So we'll see. I think they're just going to have to do it, you know, 15 goals each and hope for the best. That's a good point. We'll see. And uh, last one, Man United Liverpool. Oof. Man, this is going to be a bloodbath, man. That's what I think. But at the same time, Liverpool got a lot of players out. Injuries, suspensions. Um, <laughs> well, that suspension. head last week was so funny. <laughs> But uh, I, I don't think if Casemiro goes through, I don't think he'll be registered in time or whatever has to happen. Um, that would be the ultimate chaos. If you sign a player and within two days he's starting against Liverpool. Hey, they need Like him. that is admitting like we've done everything wrong until this point And we're just like, we're just throwing this out there. Yeah. Yeah. He, they need him though. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, Mo Salah's still there, right? Um, Luis Diaz is healthy. I think Jota's out, and obviously Darwin's out for a little bit. Um, maybe we'll see some action from Harvey Elliott, maybe from Curtis Jones. Um, maybe they go 4-4-2. You never know, but I, I, I think they'll be able to adapt, and I don't think they're scared of United at all. I don't know if it's at Old Trafford or Anfield, but... Scared for what? Yeah, why would they be scared of at this point? I think I think Liverpool comes out and tries to make a statement. I think it's either going to be like a 0-0-1-1 game where Man U scores first and Liverpool eventually gets the goal to tie it up. But if Liverpool scores first, just like when Brentford scored first, I think they're going to try to put away five or six. And that's going to be like one of those statements where like Man U back in the day scored a bunch of goals against Arsenal with um, with like those eight defenders they put out. Um, mm. I think it's going to be one of those kind of games. Statement game, and then we'll see what Manu does from there. That is true. That is true. And that game is on Monday, and it's at Old Trafford. So, mm-hmm. oof, that place might be, mm-hmm. <laughs> might be kind of quiet. Might be kind of quiet. We'll see what happens. It should be fun. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that game. We'll see. And that is pretty much all we got for you guys today, of course. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you like us, check out our sponsors, Five Stars Review on iTunes and Spotify. And we will catch you all next week.